Swag. Okay. How do we? <laughs> how do we intro again? <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Okay. I'll just roll in. All right. What is going on, juveniles? Welcome back to another episode of the Juvie Podcast. It has been a while. This this sitting behind the microphone thing feels slightly foreign. It does. And for you guys, it's been not even a week. It's been regular amount of time. Yeah. For us, it's been over two months. Like eight and a half weeks, dude. Yeah. And you guys knew we had to pre-record it all. But coming back in the studio this morning, did we lose our, our jive? Do we know how to podcast anymore? I think we'll we'll fit back into the flow pretty soon. All right, all right, all right. Um, But we're, we're, we're very glad to see that the episodes that we pre-recorded and released still performed well. You guys still loved all the content. Yes. Uh, we had some really good episodes come out. Uh, super proud of that. Uh, so today is kind of going to be a recap episode of what we've been up to. Uh, where we've been at, where we've been traveling, what we've been doing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to hit it off with that. And See if you guys up. left us any reviews. Oh, yeah, let's do that first. While we've been going. Um, okay, we got one from um, Mimi Love Cake. Okay. I love your podcast. It is an amazing podcast. Keep up the good work, and God bless you. Also, this is my son, Titus. <laughs> oh, Titus is the one who challenged me to a, um, so a battle on the Wii. Is he writing in third person? This is my son, Titus. Who, I don't know. I think he wrote that and then she wrote that. Okay. All right. This is awesome. All right. Another one. I love Juvie Podcast. I'm a mom and I love Juvie Podcast. Knight and Josh break so many issues down that my kids' generation are experiencing and help me understand. They help bridge the generational gap. I also enjoy the combination of Knight's intense excitement. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, but can go. <laughs> Mixed with Josh's laid back insight, it is a great mix. Well, I've never heard it described <laughs> like that. I'm so glad that I bring intense excitement. Um, not sure I got that this morning, but. All right, another one. This is the last one. I don't. We might have read this one. No, we did read this one. All right, those are the only two that you guys left us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, we'll make sure to read those next week. But thank you guys for leaving the reviews while we're gone. If you guys want to leave a review on any of those audio platforms, if you're hearing what we're saying, go ahead, drop a review. Make sure you're following us there. Yeah. And we'll read it out in the next episode. We sure will. Also, I forgot to mention this, but if you're watching this video, please make sure to like subscribe, leave a comment, and make sure that notification bell is turned on. And also, if you're listening on any audio platforms, please make sure to download this episode, leave a review, and hit us a follow if that's on the app you are using. That's right. Um, and just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Shall we rock, paper, scissors for who tells their summer vacation story? Let's do it. Best of one. All right, ready? Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Okay. Okay. You never even... Okay. All right. Josh is going to tell his stories first. I'm going to go first. Um, so I spent the last eight weeks... Uh, traveling around the England Europe area so I spent the first I spent from May 10th to June 1st I was in England with my family uh, visiting all of the family members around around the country which was a lot of fun I did it with my girlfriend Ali so we had a good time and then from England we then went to France we took the train down from Paris through Marseille through Cannes and then down into the south of Italy and that's where we were in at June. any point did you miss any trains or go the wrong way? It's funny you should say that. Um, on our way to Paris, we did end up in Belgium, which isn't only the wrong city, it's just the wrong country entirely. We ended up in Brussels. So you took a train to the wrong country? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, stupidly, I didn't book the train from London to Paris ahead of time. I thought, we can just show up and kind of just do it. Because I bought train passes, mm -hmm. which don't give you access to train tickets. They give you free tickets if you book a reservation. Okay. Uh, which I didn't know that. So we show up to the station the day before, and I was like, okay, let's buy some tickets. I get in line, and they don't have any tickets available that coincide with my pass. So I was like, 
that sucks. We have an Airbnb booked tomorrow. Okay. Um, so this guy in line, he pulls us aside. He's like, hey, like, come here. I was like, what? And he's like, if you do this, you can like, you can go to somewhere else and then still get to Paris quicker. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, these like, um, I won't swear, but he, he used some choice words about the, the assistance. Um, he was like, if you do this, they, they'll help you out. So he said, book a train ticket to Brussels, which is in Belgium, and then get off in Lille, which is France. And then you can take public transport from Lille to Paris. So we're like, okay, great. Let's do that. So we booked it. So you just trust this guy off the dome? Yep. Okay. Yep. Because we had another option. We're like, right, we right. either do this or we don't get to Paris tomorrow. Okay. Um, so we booked the train. Uh, he also, um, he made fun of my dodgy beard. Mm. Um, and he said, are you Armenian? And I was like, no, I'm white. I'm English. And he's like, nah, this dodgy beard looks Armenian. I was like, no, I'm not Armenian. That's In so what random. world do I look Armenian? Yeah, no, not at all, but okay. Um, so yeah, we trust this dodgy guy. We booked the ticket to Brussels. The next morning at like 6 a.m., we board the train. We then hear the announcement. It says, this train's first stop is Brussels. So we're like, we're going to Belgium. This is not stopping where we want it to. Okay. And you just basically bit the bullet and went with it. Bit the bullet, went to Belgium. The train, the door had already, the train started moving. Doors were closed. We're like, How long okay, was this trip, uh, about three hours. Okay, uh, so it wasn't too bad. Um, Can you give us some geographical? Yeah, so here? England's here, London's here. For everyone that's listening, we then took the train. We were supposed to go straight under the channel so you're going to south. Paris, south, going Paris. south. Okay, we ended up going down and up. To Belgium, which is about here. So you went southwest. Yeah. Okay. So we went we went up this way to Belgium, and then that means we had to take a six hour train or six hour bus from Belgium all the way down to Paris. In that bus, it was ninety degrees the whole time because air conditioning wasn't working. Uh, so it was the worst six hours of my life. It was terrible. That's brutal. It was really bad. Uh, we finally arrived at the Airbnb. It's incredible. We had a great rest of the trip. Um, Do you see the Eiffel Tower? We did. Was that your first time seeing it? It was. Yeah, first time in Paris. So it was really cool. Um, you know when people like stand by the Eiffel Tower and like put their finger like that and it's mm -hmm. on the top? Yeah. I thought I nailed that. Okay. I really thought I nailed that. Let me find the picture for you. Um, Ali convinced me that I nailed it. I, in fact, didn't. <laughs> I, in fact, was very far off. Josh, I can't believe you got yourself to take the most touristy tourist picture in tourist history. <laughs> Please show that to the camera. <laughs> If you can't see it, I'll like pop it up on screen now. Um, but I thought I was like, I thought I had nailed it, and I didn't. Um, <laughs> was Ali just going with it, yeah. dude. That is hilarious. Um, so props to her for making me look like a fool. What was the best food you had in France, dude? France food is kind of garbage. Oh, okay. Tbh, I was expecting wow. big stuff. Wow. And then it just like was not good. Was it the places you ate? Probably, but it's also like French food is supposed to be really good, but it's not actually that great. What does a French dish look like? Like, what's something you tried that you were not too thrilled about? To be honest, we didn't really have much French food. Well, then maybe that's why. But I've also heard that French food is like not great. What is a French dish? Like, all I can think of is French onion dip, but I don't even think that's French. <laughs> I don't think that's French. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of something that you'd have heard of that's not like in french so well if you didn't eat french food in france and yeah maybe that's why the food was bad maybe but it wasn't great so what'd you have um had pizza a couple times it was pretty good okay um i cooked a lot so we okay. saved a lot of money on food by just cooking a lot smart, of our meals smart. um so yeah we didn't have too much exciting food to be honest um but we went to disneyland paris oh, food yeah, there was that? terrible okay 
It was so bad. How is Disneyland Paris in comparison to Disneyland here in California? Honestly, pretty much identical. Really? Yeah, like the layout of the park is the same. The rides are like exactly the same. Oh, so it's all, do they have like Pirates of, like do they have all the rides? They had all of the rides except for like Star Wars Land where there's the Millennium Mansion? Falcon. Yes. We Did didn't try guys- Haunted Mansion. The lines were, like, stupid long. Uh, do they have the Genie Pass thing there in France? They do. But it was, like, $100 a person. So like, Yeah, it's not... expensive. But it, if you're just going for a day, for how a many day. rides did you guys get on? You remember? We did all of the big thrill rides. Okay, okay. I think. Um, it was cool, though, because all the names of the rides and, like, the um, videos for the rides were all in French. So it was, like, That's felt cool. Um, yeah, the food was disgusting. How like, were the French people? French people, we didn't interact with too many French people, but the ones we did interact with were actually friendly, That's nice. which I didn't expect. Okay. Um, can't say the same about England or Italy. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll get to that then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all that happened in France. France was great. Um, Italy was great because I was with my grandma. Yeah. Uh, always good to see family. And we know the area super well, so it's just relaxing. Um, rented a moped, which was a lot of fun. How was that? It was so sick. Rented it for two days. That's dope. Um... What else did we do? Well, I have a question to ask. Okay. So I think maybe like three or four days into your Italy excursion, I was checking through the stories that Tubi had been tagged in. And I get this one, and it's this selfie of you and your whole family. Oh, yeah. This Italian-looking guy, and it has like all this like Italian text on it. Yeah. So I screenshot it, and I sent it to Josh. I was like, dude, did you run into a fan, or who is this? So tell us that story. So this guy was a personal trainer okay. that we hired through one of my dad's cousins who had been being trained by him in Italy. And he's like, you got to check him out. He's great. So for the whole two weeks we were there, I think we did 10 or 11 sessions with him. Okay. Uh, super cool guy. He's the fitness trainer for the um, professional soccer team in that area. Okay. Um, but yeah, he dad just started telling a little bit about us and then mentioned Juvie. And then he kind of thought it was like the language barrier made it seem like it's a bigger podcast than it was. Because um, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're like, we're doing well. We're yeah, like yeah. top 1.5% or whatever. But in the in the story, you obviously couldn't read it because it was in Italian. But no. he said, um, "I got to train like a Hollywood producer or Hollywood director and his son, who has the number one podcast in America." And I was like, "That's just not true at all. <laughs> it's not true at all." Dude, I'll, um, take I'll take. Oh no, he said, um, "A Hollywood actor um, in Tomb Raider." And he like posted the Tomb Raider thing, uh, and then he was like, "And his son is the number one podcast in America." I was like. Hey, if you want to believe that, go ahead. It's not true. <laughs> Dude, that is so um, funny. I was wondering, because I was seeing a lot of number ones, and I was like, maybe he's just being for number one in his heart. Or yeah, no, it was really funny. He was such a cool guy. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, very cool guy. He trains every day from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Just people? Like, yeah. Clients every or oh, five days a week. Clients every, Dude, every is time. is he just jacked? Yeah, this yeah. dude is like shredded. That's nuts. Um. Yeah, so that's that's my summer pretty much wrapped up. So Italy, do you need cliff jumping there? Did a little bit. Okay. Very yeah. Sick. Very sick. Yeah. Um. Okay. So probably like three. When, when did you leave? Middle of May. Tenth of May. So probably like a month after Josh leaves, I left. I flew from. Man, I'm blinking. Sacramento into Oahu. This was my first time in Hawaii. Family vacation. I spent seven days in Oahu. It was awesome. I think. My overall view of Hawaii is I think before I went there, I'd be like, yeah, I would totally move here one day. Yeah. I don't think I would move there. Maybe if it was like a vacation home. Yeah. But I think what I didn't realize is how small it actually is. Oh, really? Like you can drive across the whole island in 45 minutes. That's hour. crazy. Yeah. And especially on Oahu, like 
So we went to Kauai after, and Kauai, 80% of it, you can only see by helicopter. It's really? really? Like, there's only one main. Do you do any helicopter rides? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get to that in a sec. So, flew to Oahu. Um, we stayed with family friends. They had a really nice house. It was, like, an awesome experience. Felt like you were, like, living. Living the life. Yeah, and it's not like, not like you're in a hotel or an Airbnb. So, like, we had yeah. people, like, locals who could tell us, like, what to do. So, that was awesome. What was the highlight of Oahu? Well, I'll tell you the worst part of Oahu. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> this is not funny at all and very much a trigger warning, sensitivity warning. It talks about death and it's scary, but I just thought I'll give you guys a heads up because maybe this is a precaution everyone yeah. can take. He's also being dead serious. Oh, I'm being so serious. I Yeah, it's it was terrible. So on, I want to say our third or fourth day, and if I mispronounce the names of anything, do not take it to heart. I have no idea. I could totally mispronounce it. So on the third or fourth day, there's this it so a lot of Hawaii, it's like they want to preserve a lot of like the national parks. Yeah. So like you have to pay. And there's it like certain bay. We didn't have to pay to go to any other beaches. What's interesting about Hawaii though is every single beach is public, even if it's a hotel front or whatever. Oh, so wow. you can just walk through and go because it's like a part of the whatever agreement they've made with um the state. So on Very our fourth cool. day there, where you we went to this bay and you have to pay to go there. It's really famous. It's like they call it the number one snorkeling bay in Oahu. Um and you have to watch like a 30 minute video before you can even go down to the beach. Because oh, wow. It's like super like and it's all about like protecting the reefs and whatever. Yeah. So is it more about protecting the reefs or protecting the person? Well, this is what's interesting It's after watching it, I was like they could have split it up and also made it because it's a lot of tourists. Yeah. So you're basically you're going there to snorkel and it's four feet. The water's maybe four or five feet. So everyone out there can stand. Right. Yeah. And they maybe talked about like um, the precautions to take when snorkeling for a minute two minutes but the other 25 minutes were just about don't step on this don't touch this yeah and i think that's it's all important but where this story goes i think it would be a little bit more important if they talk also about or equally important yeah and so the only thing that they say is to go out with a buddy make sure you have a buddy at all times even if you're super trained at snorkeling yeah. so to paint the picture the bay is enclosed kind of by a reef so it's it's probably like half a mile so it's pretty big. Okay. There's lifeguard stations about every 150 feet. You can stand everywhere. I bet it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, really, really nice. Um, so we get out there. I'm snorkeling with my brother. Maybe we've been out there 10, 15 minutes. You get tired after a while because basically because the water's so shallow, you can't you kind of have to like constantly be staying at the surface because you don't want to like scratch your stomach. Like yeah. it's not deep. Yeah. You can't stand anywhere because it's all reef and you're not supposed to stand on the reef. So we're out there for like 10 or 15 minutes. We come in. There's like a decent amount of people. And we're, like, walking up the shore, and all of a sudden, behind us, we hear the people, like, start screaming and freaking out. They're like, lifeguard, lifeguard. And I'm basically, so if I paint the picture, this is the lifeguard station here. I'm here. The people are here. So yeah. I'm in between them. And the lifeguards, I don't think they were hearing it. So I'm like, lifeguard, they need help, whatever. So these two young lifeguards, probably, like, 19, 20, maybe, maybe early 20s, a girl and a guy, they run out of there. They get their boards, throw their boards. They're like paddling out as fast as they can. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like maybe someone like couldn't swim or like yeah. they just need help, whatever. They get out there and they, it's basically what it looks like from shore is that there's a woman, a man, and then there's another woman. And the man is holding the woman like this on her, on like he's kind of floating, holding her. Yeah. They start getting her up on the board. And again, sensitivity warning. This is like, it's pretty um, graphic and they're getting her up on the board. And she's already seems unconscious, very yeah. like floppy. You know, she's not like, you know, she's just not functioning. Yeah. And clearly wasn't had like was was not um, wasn't breathing. They get her up on the board, but it takes them a minute to get her up on the board because they're in the water. It's heavy. She's, she's dead wearing, weight. Yeah. yeah, she's wearing like a wetsuit. They get her up on the board. Finally, they paddle her in and she probably comes 
within three to five feet of me right up on the shore. And I was like, I look over and just completely blue. There was no life in her body. And I was like, frick, dude. So I walk over, like walk kind of like a way to like give them space, whatever. I'm praying. I'm like, dude, God, I need you to like save this lady. They start doing like compressions on her. Now at this point, all the lifeguards are like from different stations are coming in. Yeah. You're seeing like people coming down from the top. They're doing the compressions. Now this lady was... Asian, maybe maybe mid thirties. It's hard to tell when you know when yeah. she's not conscious. Um, they start doing the compressions. Nothing's changing. And what I didn't know is that there's now machines that can do the compressions and they can do them better and faster. Okay. And it basically it straps over your torso or whatever you do the compressions, and it basically looks like two hands. Like it doesn't yeah. look physical, but it's basically doing the compressions. That wasn't working. Like and she wasn't coughing up water. Nothing was changing. Then they do what looks like they stick a tube down her throat which pumps air into her stomach to try yeah. to think I think what it's trying to do I don't know I'm not medically trained but I think what it's trying to do is get the water out so all of a sudden I'm looking over and this lady's stomach is expanding two feet yeah like a like a pregnant lady with like twins this lady's not pregnant yeah you know what I mean so but it, it would go from like two feet to nothing and they're pumping up the water anyways long story short nothing was changing um I, I'm pretty sure she was pronounced dead on the scene. Yeah. I don't think that anything changed in the hospital, unfortunately. So rest in peace. And basically, yeah, uh, ambulance came down. They got her on the board. They took her away. What's interesting about the stories, I, the people that found her were not her family. Oh, wow. So they weren't actually with her, which makes you think, did she go out without a buddy? The other thing you can't help but think is, was it a heart attack? Was it a, natural, yeah. a more natural cause of death? Um, but also... When you're snorkeling, everyone is laying with their face down. So, so who knows? Who, who knows how long they'd been there? Who knows if she went out of conscious on the other side of the bay and floated down? Yeah. It looks like snorkeling. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we don't know. But what we do know is that we looked up after, and that bay is the death capital of snorkeling in all of Hawaii, all of the islands. How many is it a year? 28 last year. Which 28? Is, which is crazy. But what's interesting is 28 that went that were public. This lady, we never saw anything about her. So, you know, probably to protect tourism, they don't talk about every single one that happens. Which That's is a little terrifying. Bit crazy. That's so scary. So, basically, how you guys can take precaution is what they recommend is not to snorkel within two days of coming off of a plane because your body's still acclimating. Yeah. Another thing that can happen is that when people panic underwater, they a lot of the times start inhaling the water. Yeah. And their body freaks out. They've had too much water hit their brain basically too fast. Anyways. Yeah. Crazy dude, scarred us for a few days. I was like, I'm not gonna snorkel for a few days. No, I, I wouldn't like, snorkel for a few years. I was, I was pretty freaked out. Um, so that was probably like the worst part of the trip. Pretty scarring. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't the worst part of the trip. That yeah, sounds horrible. Definitely, definitely the worst. It was, yeah, it was pretty tough. So then from there, we spent a few more days in Oahu. Had really good poke, dude. Like freshest poke in the whole island. They, they buy it from they. It gets caught in the morning, like yeah. three a.m. They buy it at five a.m. and they're serving it by seven a.m. That's crazy. Insane, dude. We had that. Then we flew to Kauai. If you guys don't know, Kauai is very much more remote. Yeah. 80% of the island you can't see um, by car. So we went there for my parents' 25th anniversary, wedding anniversary. I bought them a helicopter tour. So they went Amazing. and they did that. They loved it. They said it was insane. Their honeymoon was in Hawaii. That's the last time they did a helicopter tour. So I was like, got to bring this back. So was the anniversary while they were there? Uh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't the day that they did the helicopter anniversary, uh, helicopter tour, but it was like two days before. Wow. Um, Everybody comment, happy anniversary, David and Lisa, in the comments. Shout out, shout out. Um, and then, so yeah, we spent the rest of our time there. We did a lot of like hiking, waterfalls. 
me and my dad did this hike back on Oahu called Coco Head. You've definitely seen it. It's the, basically the ones where the stairs look like they're going straight up a mountain. Oh, it you've looks like the, a railroad track, it's, right? It is a railroad track. Oh, okay. We didn't know this. So we look it up, and it says illegal. And I'm like, I, I see people on TikTok. I see people do it all the time. I was like, this can't be illegal. I was like, they're just doing that like, so tourists don't come. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we're going to do it for sunrise. We decided this the night before. Just you and your dad. Yeah. So we're like, we're going to get up at 4.30. We're going to drive there. Luckily, our clocks were still on California time. Mm. So it didn't feel as like hard as it was because California is three hours ahead. Yeah. So, so it wait. felt like seven? Is that how that would work? Or did yes. it feel like one? No. Wait, three hours ahead. <laughs> Go back. Yeah, no, it'd feel like three hours later. Yeah, yeah. Later. Yeah. 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 So it felt a little bit easier to get Okay. Up. So like, all right, we're going to do this. Uh, I wake up. I eat a piece of toast. Drink a Celsius. I'm like, dude, I'm feeling good for 4:30. We get to the bottom of this, and I'm like, this is like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. it literally. If you guys haven't seen it, Coco Head is this hike that's basically a railroad track that goes directly up a mountain. It's crazy. And when I tell you it is the steepest hike I've ever done, you feel like at some points you're gonna fall back and not get up. Like, yeah. So we're, we start. So this climbing. is like your dad's jam. Like, oh, your dad loves dude, this. My stuff. dad loves this stuff. And I was like, dude, I kind of been wanting to do this. So we get up probably like. So it's 1,200 steps, which is like, That's sounds a like a lot. But when I tell you at one point it goes from this to this, like you're bear crawling. You can't walk. You can't just stand and walk. You have to bear crawl. That's so because, scary. Dude, yeah. Get this. At one point we get to this part where I'm like, there's no ground under the railroad tracks. 20 feet down is the ground. Everything before is dirt compact yeah. under. And this lady's like, okay, I work. She basically have to, the lady that works there. And she's like, I have to recommend that you guys don't do this path. Here's another alternative path. Obviously, she's like, people are going to keep doing it, whatever. We're like, we're made it this far. We're freaking climbing. Going to freaking do it. So we go and we start climbing. And I'm like, I'm starting to feel like really sick. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm not feeling good. And like, I'm starting to get really lightheaded. Like, you know, when you're lightheaded and you feel like you can barely open your eyes. Yeah. Kind of thing? And I'm like climbing this railroad track at what feels like this degrees with a 20 foot drop. And I'm like, I can't mess this up. It's probably like 150 foot stretch that yeah. you like this. That's a lot when you're climbing. Oh, yeah. After climbing, probably like 700 steps. Yeah. So we get, I like finally get past. I'm like, cool, that was bad. And I turn around and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. And I like, I like dry heave and I'm like, I have nothing to throw up. And I just burped for like a minute, <laughs> for like a minute, bro. And it was just like all the Celsius carbonation coming out of my mouth at once, bro. It was Because all you had was toast. So you didn't have anything to throw it, up. It was so bad. We get to the that top. That hurts too. Like dry heaving with nothing oh, that hurts so dry bad. Dry heaving while you're exhausted. Oof. Oh, dude, it's terrible. We get to the top. It was awesome. We, what it felt like, we're like, all right, we're going to try to do it in an hour. We got up there in 22 minutes. Oh, wow. But the average person takes an hour, but we're like, we couldn't stop because you're like, you don't want to stop. It gets so steep. Yeah. And as soon as you stop, you start thinking about it. Oh, you need to just keep going. And it gets like scary. We're yeah. like, this is dangerous. And then going back down, dude, your shins are like taking everything. Oh, dude. Yeah. I compare it to like Kung Fu Panda when he's climbing those stairs. Climbing the steps. That's like. Dude, um, that's brutal. Yeah, it's like I, I can't imagine anybody else doing that other than your dad. Like oh, that's dude, his thing. My, yeah, exactly. Whenever we do our, our like Christmas New Year's vacation, he goes and climbs a mountain. There's gotta be some mountain that's climbed. Then on Kauai, this is my last hiking story. We basically I had been told that the hikes were really, really muddy. Yeah. And I'm like, but it hasn't been raining. What I found out later is Kauai on nowhere on the island is there any irrigation. None on the farms, none on the lawns, because it rains so it rains much so much that you don't need it. And I'm like, all right. So we start climbing this mountain, and it was crazy slippery, crazy muddy. And my dad's like, it's not even that far. It's like, Did you bring proper footwear? Nope. I was in vans. You know me, dude. I don't have hiking shoes. That's the thing. I was like, I don't think you had proper shoes for this. So my dad's like, it's only 1.3 miles to the top. He's like, they said at the top there's some rock scrambling, but like, 
it's like a hike for tourists. Like it can't yeah. be that bad. And as we're getting close to the top, I'm like, wow, a lot of people are coming down. Like maybe they did it so early. Yeah. But then I'm like, what if they're all turning around? Like, yeah. And and we have my it's the whole family. So we have oh, like wow. my seven year old sister with yeah. us. And like at this point we're like getting her up and we get to this point when I'm not exaggerating with rock climbing. Like <laughs> like rock. for real rock climbing. Oh yeah. Like you don't want to fall back. Yeah. So we get up and I'm like holding my sister. Like we get her all the way up there. And then we turn around and there's this pregnant lady with by herself. And she's like, Oh, I made it. Like she's talking to herself. She's like, Oh, I made it this far. I'm not going to get up. My dad's like, Should we like offer to help her? And I was like, Frick. I was like, Dude, this is like, like it was st- like no pregnant lady. I mean, all power to you, but I just wouldn't be climbing. Is that like by a myself. path down? No, 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 no. You're coming back down that. Yeah, you got to turn. It was insane. We end up helping her get up. And then Talita, my little sister at the top, is like, I can't walk down this. I'm like, frick, dude. So I have her on my back yeah. the entire way down. It was brutal. but Like all the way back down the whole mountain? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's the that's the chore of a big brother. Dude, that's it. That's my job here. Um, so, yeah, then I flew. Last story. Flew from Kauai to Oahu. I was going to Vegas for 4th of July. Yeah. Flew to Kauai, Oahu. Oahu to Sacramento, Sacramento to Vegas. My Same flight, day? Yes. My flight from Kauai to Oahu, smooth. Basically, what I knew is that when I got to Sacramento, I was going to have one hour layover. Yeah. I had no check bags. I was like, an hour's plenty. Of course, my flight out of Oahu gets delayed one hour. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's going to be fast. Like I'm at, yeah. Or like it was delayed like 45 minutes. I'm like, I still have 15 minutes. Like As long as everything's smooth, it gets delayed another hour. I'm like, okay. Well, start looking at hotels in Sacramento for the night. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to cancel my flight, whatever. And as soon as I'm on the, on the phone with the airlines about to cancel my flight, I hear over the intercom, we got extra gas. This flight's going to be an hour shorter. Didn't know that was a thing. How do you get extra gas? Apparently, you can get more gas in the tank and go faster. I'm like, why are they not doing this for all the flights? Yeah, just fill her up the whole way. So the flight just went from five and a half hours to four and a half. I'm like, oh, that makes up my time. I'm good. Like, I still got my hour back. Or I still have, like, my 20 minutes back. We fly in, and I'm like... I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, this is getting real close. Like, I'm like, I'm going to have more like 10 minutes. Yeah. But I'm like, it's in the same terminal. It's like four gates over. It's the last flight out on Southwest. We land. The guy that was on, I was the window seat. No one in the middle. The guy in there. Bless his heart. He needed a, a wheelchair. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So he's even the last one to get off the plane. Yeah. That means I'm Which means the last. you're the, the, the real last person off. Right. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to sprint. And it was taking a long time. So I was like, excuse me, sir. Like, I know this is probably like, like so uncomfortable. Is there just any way I could get past you? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he starts to move and he looks down the aisle. And of course, what's coming onto the plane? The wheelchair. wheelchair. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to have patience. Just have to moment. Wait. So I'm going to have to wait. As I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right. It's like, I get a notification. I final boarding call for night. And I was like, oh, I was like, frick man. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to hope the plane's still there. As I'm getting off the plane, I'm sprinting. Sprinting. Like, I'm moving yeah. past you. I'm sprinting. Get a notification. Gate closed. Flight took off. I was like, frick, dude. It's 11 p.m., so the whole airport's closed. Yeah. All the restaurants are closed. There's no more flights this out. This is Sacramento? Yeah, there's no more flights out. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm sleeping in the airport for the night. So I go over to, like, the Southwest desk, and she's like, yeah, unfortunately, like, we waited. I'm like, you guys took off five minutes early. I would have made it. They took off early? Yes, because Southwest, they try to do that to make up for time. And I was like, yeah. I was like, listen. Because she's like, well, it's not Hawaiian's fault and it's not our fault. And I was yeah. like, because I'm transferring airlines. Usually if it was all Hawaiian or all Southwest, they would give me a reimbursement. Yeah. And I was like, listen, you guys took off five minutes early, so I need you to work with me. Yeah. Like, I need some type of compensation. Like, 
I would have made it on this flight if you guys took off at the time. On time. She's like, well, the boarding. I said, no. I was like, it says gate closes at 11 p.m. Yeah. I'm here at 10.55. And she's like, well, and I was like, and I'm just like, frick it, I'm going to pull the minor card. I'm like, well, I'm a minor traveling alone. Yeah. And she goes, what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I have no parents here. They're all in Hawaii. I was like, and I was supposed to make it for 4th of July. And I was like, so I need you to work with me here. And she's like, well, okay. Calls over her supervisor, and I just kept playing the minor card. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm 17. I've never I've never flown alone. <laughs> you said that? I was like, I was like, I, like I'm, I'm scared to be in the airport by myself. No way. I was like, bro, I need to save $200. Yeah. I was like, and they're like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll rebook you for the morning. We'll put it on us. I was like, yeah. Okay. They rebooked me for 6 a.m. Dude, the minor card is one of the heaviest cards you can play. So nice, and I was like, "All right, well, not every I'm starving. I haven't eaten since one o'clock, Oof. and I'm like, everything's closed. I can't." And so I go to the vending machine and I pay like stupid amount of money for a little bar. Yeah, and of course they don't. You can sleep in the airport, but they don't want you to. Yeah, so there's so bars in between all the seats. The bars, and I'm like, "Frick!" So I go and I find like the quietest corner. First of all, sleeping in public is one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done. Second of all, every hour that night I got woken up by security because Ugh. some new guy would come on shift and they had to make sure I had a boarding pass. So needless to say, stay, say, I slept about an hour and a half that night. Woke Rough. up, 4th of July in Vegas, was 4th of July in Vegas. Yeah. Then I flew to LA and then back home. That's the end of my summer travel. That was really Dude, thinking about all this did remind me of a pretty hefty travel failure I had at the beginning of the trip. All right, tell us. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you remember this? Um, so yeah, one more travel failure story, then we'll, we'll move into some other stuff if we have the time for it. Yeah. Um, it was the day of my flight to Seattle, which is where I was meeting Ali to start our trip, flying from Reading to Seattle. Uh, it's May 9th. The boys drop you off. The boys drop me off. We've been hanging out all day. It, the flight is at 7.30. You guys drop me off at six. So I was like, I'm here in plenty of time. Um, I get there. I go up to like sign in at the Southwest desk or the Alaskan desk um, at the kiosk. So I put in the number, I put in everything, my confirmation, and it says, can't find the passenger. So I was like, what? I have the confirmation receipt on my phone. Okay. So I go to the desk. I actually don't know what happened. Oh, really? Yeah, no. I go to the desk and I'm like, um, hey, the kiosk's not working. Can you guys check me in? They're like, yeah, of course. So they start looking for me. I was like, Altamora, here's my flight confirmation. I, it should be right here. Um, they say, we can't find your passenger. Like, you, you're not on this this flight. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not on this flight? This is a, I have the confirmation email open on my phone. You're looking at it right now. I need to get on this plane. Um, and he's like, there's nothing we can do. You're not on this flight. So I was like, what do I do? What, did the con- what was the confirmation for? So what I come to find out is I booked the confirmation. I got sent the confirmation receipt. But for some reason, after they sent the receipt... They canceled my reservation and didn't tell me. So they canceled my plane. I didn't get charged for it because it canceled the charge for some reason. So I didn't lose any money, but they canceled it and didn't tell me. So I, all I had was a confirmation receipt. And the flight was full. Flight was full. So I was like, what do I do? I had to get in Seattle that night because we were staying the night in Seattle. And then the next morning at like 5 a.m., we were leaving to England. So I was like, there's no room for error in this. Like this is booked flawlessly. I go to the United desk because I'm flying United to England. And I'm like, what can I do here? Like, I need you guys to get me on a flight to Seattle tonight. There was no open flights. And I was like, what about San Francisco? Can I go to San Francisco and then fly from there to Seattle? They're like, there's nothing we can do. So I was like, so cool. I then called my parents and I said, hey, guys, nothing I can do about this. We're going to have to drive to Seattle tonight. <laughs> so it's now 7 o'clock. It's 730 um, and it's a nine-hour drive to Seattle. 
So we'd be making it minutes before boarding for my flight at five in the morning. So he said, okay, let's do it. We get in the car, mum and dad pack a bag because they're going to stay in Seattle for the night. We just start driving through the night. We arrive at the hotel. Oh, sorry. We arrive at the airport at like 5.09 a.m. Boarding is at 5.35. Is Ali already there? Ali's there. She's checked in. (sighs) So Ali's there waiting for me. And I'm like, it was the most Were you like asking past people online? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, we got to go. Like, I just arrived. Haven't had an ounce of sleep. Drove through the night. Um, Finally make it to the airport. We finally get on the plane. Everything goes smoothly from there. Um, But then we find out that the hotel I booked in London for that night, I booked thinking it was this hotel, but it was a different one. So I I had multiple Premier Inn tabs open in my phone to compare prices. And then I clicked book on the wrong one. So me and Ali take the tube like half an hour to this one hotel in London. I show up. I'm like, here's our reservation. Um, we're, we're here. And they're like, wrong hotel. I was like, cool. So at five, it, it's six in the morning. It's been 25 hours since we started traveling. Um, no, it, it was you for like 48. It was 48 hours because of the time difference and the drive. Um, we then have to take the tube again, another half an hour to a different hotel, finally get checked in, sleep ho- the whole day. We got like 11 hours of sleep straight. Um, and then the next morning we, we did the rest of our travels, but that was the big failure. Dude, that's brutal. Well, you guys, that's all the travel stories we have. I think we just call it an app. I think we just call it there. Straight up a travel story episode. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back to the channel. Uh, it's been good to be back. We've had a nice long break. We're ready to be back, ready to keep recording for you guys every single week. Um, Everyone, thank you for listening. And that is a wrap. That's a wrap.